here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.6 FM in Mangaung. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. Well, in our social conversations, as I've promised earlier, we're speaking about uh, the prison uh, gang system, which is uh, known by many. And I think if one remembers some of the programs that we used to watch on television, we were opened up to these gangs. But it's always been such a mystery, especially for some of us who've never really interacted with any inmates or uh, people who have been through the system. So uh, Golden Miles Bundu is joining us today uh, from uh, the South African Prisoners Organization for Human Rights. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Miles. Yeah, good evening. Thank you very much, and thank you for your listeners. Miles, is it true that there are gangs uh, that are running the prison system? Well, gangsterism on. Okay, so Miles, Ma- Miles, we can't hear you. Please try that one again. Okay, let me let me do this. Let me do this. Now uh, you're clear. Now I can hear you. I'm saying gangsterism comes. Uh, as long as those days of non-Golosa when, uh, you know, migrant workers came from from uh, uh, the outskirts of the country to the countryside to, to the city of Johannesburg and started working in the mines, you know, at single male prisons. And that's where Gangsterism started, you know. And uh, we are told that the first uh, gangsters that started to where men used to stay in hostels and then for months and years on end without going back home and end up um, having unnatural relationships in these hostels unnatural, uh, intimate uh, sexual relationships, you know. What do you mean by unnatural, intimate sexual relationships? When when, when uh, it's homosexual uh, uh, relationships, mm-hmm. where they sexually either abuse one another in hostels or where they have sexual consent relationships because they were away from home for many months and, and, and sometimes years, you know. And some of these guys ended up in prison, you know, uh, for having committed a criminal offense and then end up in prison. And when they get to prison, they proceed then with these kind of activities and this is where the gangs started. Now, no, the Nongoloza is the 28 gangsters then you get the, the, the Janet, those are the 26 gangsters. Then you get those for Air Force. These are gangsters who, Air Force are those who, at close provocation, when they get an opportunity, they escape from prison. They'll get the Air Force One and Air Force Two. Air Force One is those to escape without them to assault or to murder somebody, whether it is a correctional officer or a fellow inmate, uh, peacefully at 
escape from 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 the system, uh, and then you get another Air Force Two. Those who uh, those escape and then they leave blood behind. The intention is when they are reapprehended, they would then try to use that opportunity to escape again whilst they are transferred from the prison to the outside court uh, to 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 be to be uh, uh, brought to justice for having escaped from legal custody. If you understand what I'm saying. Mm, mm. So so. So the main gangs are the 28th, the 26th, the Air Force One, and the Air Force Two. Are there any other gangs? Get the big fives. The big fives are those gangsters who are collaborators with the system. Uh, you listen to the language they use. It is like more broken Africans. Because the majority those days of officers were Afrikaners. So they used by the system to to informers to infiltrate and think other prisoners who are not members or who belong at twenty six to the eight seven Air Force One and two another twenty seven gangsters are more like punch. They are like hitmen. They they drop you. They not interested in, in homosexual activity, rapes, all these other things. All they they do, they are like uh, hitmen. One gang can pay them a amount or give them some uh, some uh, goodies to go and take out a correctional officer on their behalf or go and take out a fellow uh, prisoner. The, the, this is the difference now between the 26, the 28, Air Force 1 and 2, and the Big Fives. Now, my, my question is, when one has been incarcerated, um, how do they then get picked to get into these gangs? Because it seems like these gangs are quite elaborate and uh, they, they run the prison system. Um, and and if you are not part of a gang, then what happens to you? So how do you get recruited? And then when you have been recruited, um, you know, how, how what happens within the system? That's a very intelligent, informative an interesting question. You know, um, gangsters was those is used for by the system for them not to to sit down and 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 and, and start talking about progressive uh, activities in the prison, so that the abused human rights atrocities. Oh, Miles, your line is really not good. I'm taking you back to Ben. Uh, A-team, as we're talking about a very sensitive um, issue here around uh, prison gangs and uh, the violence within the prisons. I mean, uh, we've heard recently of uh, uh, correctional uh, services um, 
uh, personnel who was stabbed to death in a facility for isolation. Um, and, and, and this is something that is very scary for us as South Africans. But on the other hand, when we have academics who are propelling the notion that it would help uh, the system if um, ex-convicts are made into uh, our prison wardens. But then how do we marry the fact that in South African gangs, even though it might be happening in other parts of the world like China, but in South African um, setting, it's it's totally different. Our prisons are marred with violence, marred with gangsterism, and a lot of killings happen within the prison system. Call in and let us know on 011-7142. Let us know what you think. And maybe you've been through the system. Um, What was it like for you? How did you escape becoming part of a gang? Or are you part of a gang? And and how are you able to survive once you leave the prison system? 0614-104-107 is where you can send your WhatsApps. Miles, it seems your line is back on. Um, So, yes, you were elaborating for us uh, how to come in, uh, how one gets into a gang, and how one uh, survives within the system well what used to happen those days uh, during the prison system it's now called correctional services you know um, the Afrikaners made sure that they establish they make sure that these gangsters are vibrant are active and they are in fact working like a bomb so that they use these gangsters that prisoners are at one another's truth every day they could not sit down and start talking about the abuse against them because they must fight one another according to the different gang numbers. That was a strategy used by the previous uh, prison system. So it makes it much easier for them as authorities having prisoners fighting one another rather than having them organized then fighting for what they want. But those days there were no such thing as prisoners' rights. But there were those prisoners those days that wanted to know, why are you ill-treating me? Why are you punishing me? Because we are told that when you come to prison to serve a sentence, it is punishment enough. They need not to be further punished. Now, in order to diminish all of that progressive, independent, and, and critical thinking, they supported gangsters and they ended up housing them in different sections according to their gang numbers. Okay. And to a certain extent, it is still happening nowadays um, where you would rather support prison gangsters instead of having them organized in what is called the prisoners' representative structures. Now, prisoners' prisoners representative structures is something that we spoke about many, many years ago to say, look, in order to diminish, and as time goes on, uh, space out prison gangsters in and outside prison allow prisoners to be organized in a form of one could call it prisoners representative structures and these structures won't be structures that work against the correctional services act or against the constitution or against the white paper or against the administration of the uh, correctional service but, but but all of that has fallen on deaf ears so these uh, gangs are still very rife. Uh, here's a question from our A-teamer who says, is there any person who ever gets incarcerated and is not raped by fellow inmates? Well, in order for you to, uh, to prevent being raped and so on, it's either you're going to join a gang. Now, if you are young, 
ignorant, naive, and not strong, and you don't know, none of those prisoners where you are incarcerated, of course, you become vulnerable to be abused, to be assaulted, to be uh, raped, and so on, if you don't know nobody. Sometimes you go to prison and then you meet with some of your fellow friends and your next-door neighbors or some of those that you were outside, and then you can be protected. But if you don't know nobody, you join a gang for protection. <laughs> and sometimes you will have, if you're weak, young, and ignorant, you will have to take a man so that that prisoner must protect you against others because if you are weak and you don't have a man that looks after you, you will become everybody's man. You will be raped and you will become a prostitute in prison. Is it the same for uh, a female um, a convicts? Well, they are gangsters in a female section, but I won't be able to be articulative. I won't be able to, as as, as, as powerful as I'm, I sound from the side of the male, because I have never done some time, I never heard too much of female prisoners complaining about being gang raped, being bullied, being assaulted by fellow. It's not as if it does not happen. But now let me tell you something very interesting. Before you go to that, can I take can I take my A-teamer here who's holding for us? Siveze uh, Long, good evening. Please, uh, what's your question or comment? Good evening, good evening, Ostrach. Hi. Yes, um, I've had some terrible stories about the, the, the prison staff, and I've seen some of the videos on social media there. You, hmm. It's bad. Mm. It's very bad. Like it, it's very bad. It's, it's not a place that I can wish. Maybe anyone can go to. I've never been there. I've only had like people or rumors. Like you, it's said to be a very horrible place. Like, but that's all, man. That's all I can bear. Thank you very much. Um, clearly, Thank this you. is an issue in our country. And, um, you know, you think someone is taken to a correctional services um, so that they can be rehabilitated and then uh, put back into society to integrate. But uh, clearly, the correctional service is lacking somewhere due to the fact that the gangs are still very rife. So go ahead, Miles. You, you wanted to elaborate a bit more. Look, we have since the 9th of this month, it's a Women's Day, we have resolved as an organization that from the 9th of August, we will call sentenced and unsentenced prisoners revolutionaries from where we are. And I know it has already started to stir some emotions from those who do not listen and don't want to let me explain why we as an organization has decided to call sentenced and unsentenced prisoners revolutionaries against crime, violence, whether it is white collar, black collar, gray collar, blue collar violent crimes, or common law political crimes. We call you a revolutionary 
as an organization so that we start destigmatizing you whilst doing time, start to get into your head and conscientize you that do you know what's the difference between a prisoner and a revolutionary? A revolutionary is somebody that will become active to stay away from all the things that make you to get arrested, charged, be prosecuted and go to prison as a criminal. But it is something that should have, we should have started 20 years ago by destigmatizing you and say to you, look, you have committed a crime, you have been arrested, you have been charged, and you, you have been found guilty beyond the reason of the doubt. I'm not talking about those who are in prison for crimes they've never committed. You're now in there, and you are well on your way to redemption. And unfortunately, the system, the Department of Correctional Services, has not put into place all the instruments, the mechanisms, to make it easier for those who has broken the law, those who has violated the rights of those we call the victims, to become better, useful, and productive citizens after they have served their times. Now, so so we're saying to you, we're saying to you as an organization, you are a revolutionary. And do you know what a revolutionary does? No, you don't know. We are going to try from a distance, because we are not allowed to go into this prison. We are going to do it from a distance that tell yourself that you want to be a better person when you come out here, and you must not let anything stand in your way to do that. We will, of course, from where we are, although it's going to be very difficult because there's no recognition and procedure agreement between us and the Department of Correction Services, but we are saying to you, we want to conscientize you, and that is why Steve Biko was taken out. Because was never interested in land, democracy, and all the other things, Marxism and so on. He was talking about the consciousness of black people to regain your dignity by fixing what apartheid has damaged in your head. You know, Miles, you you speak of revolutionaries and uh, clearly it's an internal one that you are trying to uh, come up with within the correctional service. Let me go to Maya on the line. Team Maya, good evening. Good evening, uh, mm-hmm. About the prison. In prison, 2018, 2018, they tied mostly about US power. But mostly, if you can look at where they come from, many years, 1824, you will hear they tell you where they come from, 1824, mines and so on. But if you look today, what happened in prison. It's not those days that they were made and where they started those numbers and things. Uh, they do these things for simple reasons and most of the time these people talk about cancerism. They talk it's like those people are so dangerous. Those people are not that dangerous. It's only because they do things because they want to be recognized by people outside. And they're in the present. People must take note of them. And they want people to have those respect for them. If they don't have that, they risk they get out of them. Most of the time. Okay, we, uh, we need to let you go. Ben, please help me here. Okay, Maya, we can't hear your line very clearly. Uh, I'm going now to Felicity in Johannesburg. Good evening, A-Teamer. Good evening, Sir 
Patricia. Good evening to your guests. Are you well? We've missed you on air. Ah, I've missed you guys so much, but I've been tuning in. Excellent. Interesting conversation that you're having right now. Um, I, I, I really feel sorry about what is happening in our correctional facilities. And what pains me the most is that um, these facilities are meant to be rehabilitation centers. But you hear even the way your ministers and your politicians speak about these centers. They speak of lock them up and throw away the key. Like, that is some place where you dump people, you know. And and we should be so concerned about these spaces, Patricia, because our monies, our tax monies, they are the ones that keep such places going and, and they keep them running. But we should be concerned as much as we're concerned about what happens in hospitals and the state of education. At the end of the day, when these brothers and sisters come back, they need to come back to the same community. So you can't send people in a place that's going to dehumanize them and turn them into monsters, you know. And and we also have this problem of the, the awaiting trial. People cannot be awaiting trial for eight years, Patricia. You can't. And then you're found not guilty. How do you explain? How do you explain that missing eight years? People come out as monsters and they do unthinkable things. I hear you loud and clearly, Felicity. Thank you very much for uh, calling in and weighing in on that. You know, uh, Miles, uh, what Felicity is saying is very pertinent, and it's very clear that the the current way that our correctional services are are, are placed, it's not permissible or it's not um, open for those who are within the system to be rehabilitated in a way that will be able to help them to integrate once they come out. Instead, they are faced with so many uh, challenges within the system, and this needs to change. But who is going to change it? Miles, are you there? Yes, I'm still here. The change change must first come with the retraining of the contemporary correctional officer of nowadays, okay? And the majority of them, we're told, are youngsters, you know, who who have, who have just entered the system post-1994. So we doubt the kind of curriculum they use to train, you know, new up-and-coming correctional officer, officers what their real mandate is. The mandate cannot be like it used to be, you know, during the heydays of Scop, Skeet, Slam, and Donner. The mandate must be about correcting the criminal behavior and attitude of a person who has crossed that line, who has, for the wrong or the right reason, committed a crime and was arrested, charged, prosecuted, and fairly squarely in an open court found guilty and sent to the correctional centers for the intention to be trained. They call it redemption. It does not happen. The reason is we suspect over many years that you get the Mayas Buddhist of this world that has got activities and experience in the field for many, many years. It talks about the rights of the perpetrator and the rights of the victims of crime and violence is hardly spoken about. And if there is some discussion about it, it's a discussion for one day and the following day it is as old as the other day. Now, for as long as there isn't a balance, look, I can go into the Constitution and point you the the rights, the constitutional rights of the sentenced and unsentenced prisons, but I can't do that with 
the rights of the victims of crime and violence, okay? Nowadays, it's called gender-based violence. We call it 20 years ago victims' assistance, you know, where if you become a victim of crime uh, and violence, any sort of crime, it need not to be abuse and uh, assaults and, and murder and rape, any kind of crime, the state must come to the party to assist you medically, mentally, physically, psychologically, uh, financially, in terms of reparations and, and compensation. It is something that happens ages, many, many years ago. It's happening in, in developed and civilized societies. And we've raised it many years ago, but nothing happened. Miles, I'd like you to please just hold it for me. We're going to continue with our conversation after the news bulletin. And let's go straight to uh, Greg Coase. It's 11 o'clock. Good evening, Greg. Late Night Conversations. Late Night Conversations. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. It's four minutes after 11 here on 104 to 107 Nationwide, SAFM leading the conversation. We're still having our social conversation. Um, and straight after this, the A-team is, uh, believe you me, we will get into our clairvoyant media Monday. I know you're waiting with a braided breath um, uh, to be able to get that reading this evening. So remember the number to dial in on to get your reading. It's on 011-714-2006. Right now, as we round off our conversation on prison gangs and violence, something that I think a lot of us in South Africa are worried about, especially because the Correctional Services is supposed to be a place where um, people who have been apprehended are given the, the, the opportunity to be rehabilitated, obviously within the confines of their human rights, and that's why we are speaking to Miles Bundu of a South African Prisoners Organization for Human Rights. Let's go to some voice notes here from you, A-teamers. Hey guys, this is Stian and like for me, ne guys, la paire sorry prison, prison. Speaking from experience, ne. I I I don't think it's a, a it's a force. Oguti, you you be in a gang. I I I your force no, like it, it's up to you, Leandro. Do you understand? And sorry, sorry for using his person, but like you don't have to be a gang, from what I know, ne. But now the thing is, once you don't join a gang, there, you will live with what they call ipesuk yabo. like I'll leave it to my to our case. You should ask our case what's ipesuk. He'll tell you. Good evening, uh, Patricia. Yeah, you can't change the. Uh, the the way those people are living in the prisons, unless or otherwise they place them uh, according to the categories of their crimes. Because we can't take uh, a person who has uh, done a short, uh, shoplifting 
and place him with, place, place him in the same uh, room with the murderer. What do you think that the person is going to to learn from that murderer? Nothing. So they must uh, place them according to their uh, the, the categories of their crimes. Otherwise, they are going to be to have a change because as, as long as you are putting them in the same cell with uh, some different serious crimes, with petty crimes, uh, there will never be a change. Those people, they will graduate to, when you come out, you will be a graduate of a different crime again. You come and commit another crime, which is different from that one you was uh, convicted of. Sure, Mike, I can only imagine if we were to separate uh, everyone, uh, how much prison space will we need? Let me go to Ali on the line. Atima Ali, good evening. Yes, yes, it's a good evening. No, I just want maybe to say this one thing about the generalization of everybody having been incarcerated has been sodomized or there's a possibility of that. I'm talking from experience, even pre-1995, as you can remember, in 2000 and, uh, in 2087, you understand? Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's, not, it's not an issue that everybody who has been once in prison has been sodomized. Be thou strong or weak, unless there's a proof that everybody was, was, was tested and simply have been sodomized. Okay. Thank you for... Uh... That, 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 that's, that's my... Thank you very much, Ali, for uh, demystifying that for us. Miles, um, what is Basuk? Now I'm really intrigued. Now, you have to ask yourself, Patricia, since I was released in prison in 1991, we've been pleading, sending documents. We call it now the recycled or revolving documents for a recognition and procedural agreement between us as the only organization in this country that is prepared to take the hiding, prepared to take the insult from South Africans who has never ended up in prison and who rightfully so has been victims of the guys that we are representing and uh, uh, um, using the chapter, the section, the subsection in the paragraph in the Constitution. Why do you think the Department of Correction Services, 28 years down the line, has blatantly refused to recognize us so that we work with them, not against them, not against the policy, not against the, the Constitution and the White Paper, and not against United Nations declarations about the treatment and the conditions under which prisoners must be incarcerated. Why? You know why? Because they, they love to have this target group unorganized. I mean, sentenced and unsentenced prisoners don't even know that they've got rights. Like, when they are incarcerated, they must be kept in conditions that are conducive to human dignity. They must at least get exercise. They must, at state expense, uh, be provided with adequate accommodation, adequate nutrition, reading material, and medical attention. They don't even know that. And Miles, Miles I'm going to ask you to just hold it there a bit, but when we come back, please tell me what basuk is, because I know what it means in Afrikaans, but now what is it in the context that our A-team was talking about? A quick break.
Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Uh, wrapping up our conversation with Miles Bundu from uh, the South African Prisoners Organization for Human Rights. Miles, you know, I, and I, I do believe that we need to find, um, uh, you know, a way that will help our correctional services uh, become better and uh, those within the system to come out uh, better and integrate better. But I'm still intrigued. So our A-teamer was saying, you don't have to join a gang. He was speaking from experience. However, he said, you would have to elaborate what it means if you don't join a gang and uh, you will be basuk. Well, of course, you don't have to join a gang if you are at a prison where gangsterism is not promoted by the system. The correctional officers who they themselves also belong to prison gangsters. Oh, wow. You know, well, if, if I know guys when I go into prison who are gang members or, or who are not gang members, I, I wouldn't have a choice because I know they won't abuse me, they won't bully me, and so on. But if you go to a prison where you know nobody, you from how they get arrested and charged and prosecuted in KwaZulu-Natal, you, you don't know anybody, you will have to join the gangsters for protection. Because if you are not protected, you'll become a sex slave of all those other prisoners there. You know, but we have been for so many years said to the Department of Correctional Services, and I sound like the Ted Bloom of the independent, the independent energy expert. You must listen to, to Ted Bloom when he criticized constructively why ESCOM will remain a failure for another decade or two. I sound just like him when it comes to the Department of Correctional Services. They don't want to have anything to do with any non-profitable organization, which is not a sweet art to them. You know, we could bring an end, this thing of eat and lay and prisoners doing nothing with their miserable lives and come out worse than they went in there. If they work with us and organizations that are prepared to save, to, 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 to spend their own time, their own resources, to even volunteer to make sure that the Correctional Services Act is worth the paper it is written on, and those rights of prisoners is worth the paper that is written on. But until such time, I'm telling you, people will go in there, come out worse, go back with three, four other clients. Have you ever heard the Department of Correctional Services retrenching staff because of a lack of, of, of production? No. In fact, they want more and more uh, manpower because more and more South Africans end up in this Miles, thank you for joining us and uh, elaborating more on this prison uh, gang system. It's a quarter past 11. It's uh, almost time for our uh, clairvoyant medium Mondays. Uh, The lines are already buzzing and I'm looking forward uh, to having Uma Kors and Tabseng who's going to be joining us for the readings. The number to dial to get your reading 011-714-2006.